What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Vulture Sports Podcast. Got some good stuff to get into today. We got the Super Bowl right around the corner, and the NFL draft is only a few months out now. So uh, we're going to be doing this periodically, checking in with new mock drafts the closer we get to draft day. You know, obviously things are going to change after the combine, after pro day. So this is just the initial mock 1.0. I I do want to say right off the top, though, I did not include trades with this mock. Obviously, we all know there's going to be trades before, during, and after the draft, but it is impossible to predict that months out. So for the time being, uh, this mock is assuming that all teams are going to remain exactly where they're at. Uh, And before we get into it, I I just want to mention that if you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We're also on YouTube at Vulture Sports. We post daily content there. You'll also be able to find this podcast there as well with visuals to accompany this audio. So with no further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the Vulture Sports NFL Mock Draft 1.0. All right, so on the clock at number one, by way of an awful trade, courtesy of the Carolina Panthers, are the Chicago Bears. And I have them taking Caleb Williams here, quarterback from USC. Uh, But I want to be clear, I I don't think this is the right move for them. Personally, if it were me making the decisions in Chicago, I, I would keep Justin Fields, pay him his money, trade this pick. There's a dozen teams that'd be willing to move up for it. If you're Chicago, you acquire more assets. You already have another top 10 pick in this year's draft at number nine, and you continue to put more pieces around fields. Now, personally, that's what I would do, but I understand the desire to draft Caleb Williams. He's younger than fields. He's going to make a lot less money than fields over the next four seasons. Uh, You'll have more cap flexibility. I get it. Uh, Here's something, though, that I haven't heard too many people mention. Caleb Williams size, right? He's listed at six foot one. But look back at the track record of QBs that played for Lincoln Riley. Uh, first one that comes to mind for me is Kyler Murray. I, I believe that he was listed at like six foot two uh, when he played for Lincoln at uh, Oklahoma, which was ridiculous, right? Kyler's like five eight or five nine, I think. Uh, you also had Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma playing for Lincoln Riley. I believe that he was also listed at six foot two, and Jalen's like five eleven, six foot. Uh, so I think it, at best it's reasonable to expect that Caleb is probably in that five eleven, six foot range. Now. Can you succeed at the NFL level playing quarterback and being that short? Uh, We saw the struggles that Bryce Young had last season, and realistically, there's only been a few guys who have succeeded at the NFL level being that short, right? Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. I mean, both of those guys were marksmen with the football. Their accuracy was incredible. I I don't know if Caleb has that, but we're going to find out. And I'm going to try to give a pro comparison for some of these guys if I can. Um, I've read a lot of people comparing Caleb Williams to Patrick Mahomes. That... I don't know about it. It's really tough to compare anyone to Mahomes. I can see Caleb Williams being a lot like Russell Wilson in his prime while he was in Seattle. Similar size and stature, a lot of similarities in their game. And if you're the Bears and you can get a prime Russell Wilson with the number one pick, you take that all day long. All right, at number two, the Washington Football Commanders. I really think this pick comes down to Dan Quinn, who they just hired as their new head coach, and the direction they want to take this franchise. I think if Ben Johnson had gone there, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, this pick would have been Drake May, who's more of a traditional pocket passer. And Ben Johnson has been excelling with that same prototype in Detroit with Jared Goff. Johnson, however... Uh, elected to stay with the Lions. So I think this pick is going to be Heisman Trophy winner Jaden Daniels, quarterback from LSU. Uh, He improved a ton over last season, uh, threw for, I think, like 40 touchdowns. He's a dual threat. He can do it with his legs as well as his arms. This franchise has a new head coach, 
a new general manager and new ownership. The pick here has to be a quarterback. I think Jaden's the right guy. Uh, And they got some young playmakers on that offense. I I think he's got a shot at having a pretty good rookie season. As for a pro comp, for me, it would be like a much bigger Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Number three, the New England Patriots. And the pick I I have here is Drake May, quarterback from North Carolina. I, I know he might be Mac Jones adjacent, but... Uh, Bill Belichick is gone. It's almost like they're starting things over in New England. It's a new era. And if you can hit on one of these top quarterbacks here, you're set up for the next 10 to 15 years. I know they thought at least early on that Mac Jones was going to be that guy. Uh, he just wasn't, unfortunately. Um, the things I like about May, number one, his size. He's six foot four. He can stand in the pocket and take a hit. Uh, he's a really good deep ball thrower. He takes care of the football. And he's got a bit of those dual threat capabilities as well. Obviously not to the level of Jaden Daniels, but he can still move. Uh, I think this is an easy uh, call for the Patriots and their new head coach, Jared Mayo. Pro comparison here may reminds me a lot of a young Ben Roethlisberger. Very similar play style, big arm. I think he's got a lot of upside. At number four, the Arizona Cardinals. I I think this is the biggest no-brainer of the entire draft uh, up to this point. The pick is Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State, and and there is no other pick to make here. Uh, He's one of the best receiver prospects of the past decade. He's the next Calvin Johnson, in in my opinion. I know that's high praise, but this guy deserves it. He's six foot four. He he can outrun, outjump nearly every defender he's gone against. He will step into that number one receiver role in Arizona day one, and personally, He's my pick to win Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2024. Pro comparison, I already mentioned it, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, and maybe even with a little more speed, which just means his ceiling is so damn high. Uh, Number five, the Los Angeles Chargers, and I have Brock Bowers, tight end from Georgia, being the pick here. He'll fit perfectly into that Jim Harbaugh offense. Harbaugh loves to utilize his tight ends more than most. Uh, We just saw it last season at Michigan, and especially in the college football playoff. It is critical that he has a weapon at tight end, and Brock Bowers will be that weapon for him. This guy's a beast. Uh, He's a great pass catcher. He's spectacular with his run after the catch. He'll stretch the seams of the defense. This would be huge for the development of Justin Herbert and really the the rest of that offense. Uh, He'll not only be a safety valve for Herbert, but, I mean, he's going to be a playmaker for this team as well. Reminds me a lot of George Kittle, right? Great hands, great route runner, and, and the potential to be a really great blocker as well. Number six, the New York football giants. I have them taking Roma Dunze, wide receiver from Washington, first receiver off the board. I I know there's been some debate about that. Look, I I just think this guy is so unbelievably talented, and they need weapons on that offense. This guy is coming off a 1,600-yard season with 13 touchdowns. He was the number one target for Michael Penix Jr. in that explosive Washington Huskies offense. If you're the Giants, your job this offseason should be to get Daniel Jones a number one guy. He's never really had that in his career. I think Given some time, Odunze could be that guy for Daniel Jones. As far as a pro comp goes for Odunze, I I see him in a very similar light as Cortland Sutton, right? Uh, He has the potential to be a really good X receiver who can, you know, moonlight at times as a slot receiver. Number seven, the Tennessee Titans. And the pick here for me is Joe Alt, offensive tackle Notre Dame. And I know they took Peter Skaronsky last year in the first round, O-lineman out of Northwestern, but I really think they need to solidify that left tackle spot along their line, and I think Alt can be that guy. The last two seasons at Notre Dame, he only gave up two sacks. Uh, He has the experience, started 33 games there in college, and I have him as a top tackle in this draft. Plus, uh, you got a young quarterback there in Will Levis. Build from the inside out, solidify your line, and then build around that. Uh, Next up, at number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. 
I have them taking Dallas Turner, outside linebacker out of Alabama. Look, I, I know they're drafting in the top 10 again, but I think they're close. I mean, they play in a weak division, uh, and, and with a good draft and some smart free agency moves, they could seriously be a contender next season. I think they still need a quarterback, but I think they're going to look outside of the draft for that, and, and I think they're going to get their quarterback this offseason via trade for a veteran QB. This is a Kurt Cousins or Justin Fields potential landing spot. So I think they take the pass rusher here. Uh, they were 32nd in pass rush win rate last season, 29th in takeaways. This would be a huge addition for that front seven in Atlanta. Number nine, Chicago Bears uh, up for the second time in this first round. And I have them taken Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU, uh, paired up with their number one pick, Caleb Williams, along with DJ Moore. And things are going to start cooking on that offense. This has the potential to be a very dynamic offense within a few seasons. Neighbors reminds me a lot of Torrey Smith, if you remember him from his days at Baltimore. Uh, I think he's going to make an instant impact in the NFL. He had a great season last year at LSU. He's got the speed, the route running. Uh, number one in college football last year on uh, catches of 30 or more yards. So uh, whether it's Neighbors or Adunze, I think whichever receiver is there for the Bears at number nine, they shouldn't hesitate to make that pick. Uh, and I think given some time, it's going to be a whole new era of Bears football. Number 10, the New York Jets. Um, and this is the second no-brainer of the draft for me up to this point. Uh, the pick is Olu Fasanu, offensive tackle, Penn State. Saw it like three snaps in the last season. They need to protect Aaron Rodgers, and Fasanu will go a long way in doing that. He's six foot six, like 320 pounds, elite physical traits, elite footwork. Has only allowed one sack in 21 career games for the Nittany Lions. That is incredible. Uh, probably could have been a first-round pick last year had he decided to enter the draft, decided to come back to school for another year, and literally... He's only improved even more. This would be a huge pickup for the Jets. At number 11, uh, and I think this is probably going to be the first controversial pick uh, so far in this mock draft, I have the Vikings taking J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan. Uh, might be a little high for him right now, but I really think he's going to impress at the Combine uh, with his accuracy, his throw power, his football intelligence. Just coming off a national title with the Wolverines, I, everyone at the program was raving about him. I think the knock on him is, is his production doesn't have the gaudy numbers like some of the other QBs in this class, but he really wasn't asked to, right? I mean, when he was asked to, he was more than capable of doing it. And people forget he's mobile. He can get out of the pocket, avoid pressure, throw on the run with ease. I think Minnesota would be getting a hell of a player here at number 11. And honestly, I think Cousins is going to be on the move this offseason. I think JJ would fit in perfectly here, especially with the weapons they already have here. Uh, I'm thinking of Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson. I'm thinking of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, JJ would be stepping into a ready-made offense, and I think he would excel. So as far as a pro comparison goes, I might get some flack for this, but uh, he reminds me of a smaller Andrew Luck. I mean, he's smart. He's got a really strong arm, and he can use his feet just enough to avoid pressure, and he can throw on the run as well as any other quarterback in this class. All right, at number 12, the Denver Broncos. Leatu Latu, linebacker UCLA, is the pick here. Look, Denver has a lot of holes to fill. Uh, They're going to need to figure out the succession plan at quarterback. Uh, It doesn't look like Russ will be there much longer. They need secondary help. They're going to need a D-tackle, a tight end, and they need a boost to their pass rush. Uh, They need a solid edge rusher, and I think Leatu will definitely help out with that front seven. Uh, He was second in college football last year in total QB pressures. He had 23.5 sacks over the past two years. I think he has real potential to be a 10-sack-a-year guy in the NFL. We will see. Uh, Number 13, the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Just like I talked about with the Broncos a second ago, the the Raiders have a lot of holes to fill. Quarterback, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, uh, possibly a young running back uh, to take the reins from Josh Jacobs if he decides to leave in free agency. But ultimately, I've been taking Nate Wiggins, cornerback out of Clemson. 
he was a lockdown defender this past season. I, I think adding a starter on defense would really be smart for the Raiders. However, I wouldn't put it past the Raiders to take a quarterback here either. Last year, the Jimmy G experience didn't work out at all. Uh, unless they can get a, a Kurt Cousins or a Russell Wilson, maybe they look at taking a quarterback here. I don't know. Ultimately, Antonio Pierce is a defensive head coach, though, and, and I think shoring up that secondary would be a good move for the Raiders. At number 14, the New Orleans Saints, uh, the pick here for me is Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver from LSU. you got to get Derek Carr another weapon. Thomas led college football with 17 touchdown receptions last season, averaged over 17 yards per catch, had just three drops on 93 targets. He's fast. He'll be a great number two option for a team in his rookie season. And he's a hometown kid, right? I mean, born in Louisiana, played at LSU. I, the, the Saints make sense here. And he'd be a great vertical threat for this passing game that needs it. Reminds me a little bit of Martavius Bryant, just with his size and skill set. Uh, number 15, the Indianapolis Colts. And I, I think we'll have a mini run on receivers here because I have the Colts taking Keon Coleman, wide receiver from Florida State, with this pick. Uh, he's 6'4", very physical. I, I think he could step in and take over for Michael Pittman Jr. You have a young quarterback there in Anthony Richardson, who they just drafted in the first round last season. Add more weapons for him. I, I think the addition of Coleman would only add to an already good receiving core. Uh, Coleman would be my pick here for the Colts. Reminds me a little bit of Allen Robinson. Big physical receiver. Shouldn't have a problem creating space for himself and getting open. Number 16, the Seattle Seahawks. I, I really think this is the spot for Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington. I, I know his performance in the title game versus Michigan left a sour taste for some people. I, I know there's quite a few mocks out there that don't even have him in the first round. I think that's crazy. He is so talented. Out of all the quarterbacks in this class, he throws the best ball. Uh, he's incredibly accurate. Now, the knocks on him are legitimate, right? He's a little older, but to me, at that position, it's just not that big of a deal. Nowadays, quarterbacks are playing into their late 30s. I don't think the fact that he's a few years older than most of these other prospects should hurt his draft stock at all. Uh, and the second major knock on him is his injury history, right? He's been hurt a lot in his college career. He's going to have to figure out a way to avoid pressure, step up in the pocket, and learn to protect himself a little better at the NFL level. Honestly, though, I think Penix could end up being the, the right guy if they want to transition away from Geno Smith uh, and could be the guy for a number of years. As for a, a comparison goes, I had a little trouble with this one. I couldn't really decide on a good pro comp. I landed on, he's like a better version of Jacoby Brissett, just much, much more accurate. Um, on to number 17, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I have them selecting Cooper DeGene, cornerback from Iowa. This kid was having an All-American season last year before he broke his leg. Only allowed three and a half yards per attempt against him while he was in coverage last season. Seven interceptions over the last two years, including three pick sixes. Uh, I think he could play outside or cover the slot. Now, personally, I think Jacksonville is going to want to target a receiver in this draft and could be a potential team to trade up for one. Uh, but since we're not doing trades in this mock, I, I have them taking uh, the cornerback here and adding some depth to that secondary here at number 17. Uh, number 18, the Cincinnati Bengals. J.C. Latham, offensive tackle Alabama is my pick here. Uh, similar to what I said earlier about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, you've got to protect your franchise guy. And right now that's Joe Burrow. And he's coming back from a pretty serious injury. Got to keep him upright this year. Latham's a pretty good pass protector. His strength, though, is in the running game. He's big, strong, started 27 games at Alabama. If Cincinnati doesn't target a pass rusher here at number 18, I think Latham is the pick here if he's still on the board for them. Number 19, the Los Angeles Rams. 
they're going to need to target either a cornerback, an edge rusher, or a safety with this pick. Uh, there's a number of ways they can go with this. I had them taking Jared Verse, defensive end out of Florida State. Uh, you can pair him with Byron Young, their fantastic rookie pass rusher from last season. Verse had 50 quarterback pressures last season for the Seminoles. Uh, he's got a lot of room to improve, though, but I think he can step in and help improve this Rams defense that finished 30th in takeaways last season almost immediately. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I've been taking Terry and Arnold, cornerback out of Alabama with this pick. I know they took a cornerback in the first round last year, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, and he played well in his rookie season, but I think they'll seriously consider taking another corner here. Arnold was very productive last season. He can shut down one side of the field, and you know, eventually they're going to have to replace Patrick Peterson. I know he's awesome, uh, but he's also 33 years old and played over a thousand snaps last season. Uh, I think this pick could inject some youth into the secondary, and that's never a bad thing. All right, at number 21, the Miami Dolphins. I have Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle out of Arizona at this spot, but they could also go wide receiver here. Uh, but I think this is going to start a heavy run on offensive linemen because we still have a bunch of really high quality tackles and guards left on the board at this point. Uh, and with the Dolphins, they could potentially lose two starting offensive linemen to free agency this offseason. What I like about Morgan is that he's big, but he's also quick on his feet. And he showed at Arizona that he's a terrific pass protector. And number 22, the Philadelphia Eagles. And like I said, this is going to be a run on offensive linemen. I had the Eagles taking Talisi Fuaga, offensive tackle, Oregon State. Look, this offensive line for the Eagles is getting older. They're all pro center. Jason Kelsey just announced he's retiring. They got guys like Lane Johnson that have been there for a long time. I think it makes a lot of sense for them to target a tackle here with this pick. And Fuaga is big. He's a really good run blocker, strong hands. I think he fits in well with this Philadelphia offensive philosophy. Uh, they could also go wide receiver or edge rusher with this pick as well. Number 23, the Houston Texans acquired from the Cleveland Browns as part of the Deshaun Watson trade. And I have Jerzon Newton, defensive tackle out of Illinois here. I think Newton's the best interior pass rusher in this draft. And this is really a steal for the Texans at number 23. Uh, he improved his pressure rate every single season at Illinois. He's got strength, natural talent. He's versatile. I think this would be a really nice pickup for the Texans, especially with a head coach in D'Amico Ryans, who really is a brilliant defensive mind. I like Newton here at number 23 for the Texans. All right, up next, number 24, the Dallas Cowboys. And we're right back to that run on offensive linemen. I have the Cowboys taking Troy Fontenew here, guard out of Washington. Uh, similar to Philadelphia, Dallas has an aging offensive line. Fontenew could step in day one and be a starter for this offense. He did play tackle while he was at Washington, but I've been reading that he projects more as a guard at the NFL level. Uh, really good pass protection, only allowed two sacks in his college career. I know it's not the flashy pick for Dallas here. I've seen a lot of people saying they need to target a receiver with this pick. This is just me. I think the smart move here is the offensive line. At number 25, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Kingsley Sumamataya, offensive tackle, BYU. I've been practicing that name all morning. I probably still got it wrong. Uh, this dude is six foot six. started 23 games in his college career. He, he's played both right and left tackle. Uh, with the development that we saw last season out of Jordan Love, especially in the playoffs, I, I think it'd be pertinent of the Packers to protect this guy. And if that means drafting this mountain of a man in Kingsley, then that's what they need to do. Uh, number 26, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Chop Robinson, defensive end, Penn State. Uh, I think this guy is going to test off the charts at the Combine. Honestly, he might not make it all the way down to number 26. Productive pass rushers are invaluable in this league, and we know that NFL GMs fall in love with these edge rushers. So I have Robinson here at this spot for the Bucks. Number 27, the Arizona Cardinals acquired from the Houston Texans. A second pick of this first round, and I have them taking Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. I truly believe 
They, they got to do everything they can in Arizona to help Kyler Murray be a productive NFL quarterback. Uh, they decided he's their guy. Now they got to support him and put pieces around him to succeed. Uh, have them get in their number one receiver at pick number four in this draft with Marvin Harrison Jr. Now you got to protect Kyler and keep him upright. And I think you can pair Guyton with Paris Johnson Jr., their first round selection from last year, and you'll have a young, solid foundation for this offensive line to build off of. Number 28, Troy Franklin, wide receiver Oregon, is the pick here for me. Uh, This guy averaged 17 yards per reception last season, 23 touchdowns over the last two years. Uh, He's tall, 6'3", deceptively fast, can break tackles after the catch. Uh, And with Gabe Davis being a free agent, and I hate to say it, the unreliability of Stephon Diggs. you got to get a receiver with the ability to get open and make plays for Josh Allen. Uh, I think they're going to target a receiver here in the first round, and I wouldn't be surprised if they target a top-end free agent at that position as well this offseason. Uh, pro comp Franklin, uh, he reminds me a little of Darius Slayton of the New York Giants. At number 29, the Detroit Lions. Uh, look, they need help defensively. They need help with their pass rush. They cannot expect Aiden Hutchinson to carry that line in 2024 like he did last season. But I think with James Houston coming back next year, a guy who had a terrific 2022, that'll sure up their pass rush a little bit. Uh, Where I have them going with this pick is Quinion Mitchell, cornerback out of Toledo. That secondary got shredded last season. We just saw it in the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy looked like Tom Brady in the second half. And a big part of that was Detroit's inability to cover on the back end. Mitchell didn't allow a touchdown while in coverage last season. I think he'll be able to step in and help out with that weak Lions secondary. To be honest, I don't expect the Lions to be picking here at number 29. Uh, Their GM, Brad Holmes, has made these aggressive moves in the draft over the last few years, almost all of which have paid off. I expect the Lions to stick with what they know and what's gotten them here up to this point. Uh, And they're one of the teams I expect to trade up in this draft, them along with Jacksonville. Um, All right, at number 30, we're getting there. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, and I have them taking uh, Kamari Leicester, cornerback out of Georgia. Look, obviously the Ravens have a spectacular defense. Uh, They were fantastic all season, but they do have a number of players set to be free agents this offseason. I can see them adding some more depth at the cornerback position here at number 30. Uh, Number 31, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, So I'm recording this before the Super Bowl. Uh, We don't have the final order yet for these last two teams, right? San Fran's either going to be picking here at number 31 or at number 32. Either way, I've been taking Amarius Mims, offensive tackle out of Georgia, uh, as good as the 49ers have been this season, and they've been excellent, right? There's a reason why they're playing next weekend in the Super Bowl. Uh, They have a weak link on that offense, and it's their right tackle. They've given up 11 sacks this season from that position, and they could desperately use an upgrade. Uh, I think Mims can provide that. He's 6'7", like 340 pounds. Didn't allow one sack this past season. I think even if it's not Mims, you're still going to see San Fran target a tackle at the end of the first. And finally... Number 32, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I put them here at 32 over the 49ers because I have learned the hard way over these past few years. You cannot bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, And I have them taking a Donnie Mitchell, wide receiver out of Texas with this pick. If you've watched the Chiefs this year, and I'm assuming you have if you're listening to this podcast, you know as great as Patrick Mahomes is, they got to upgrade at the wide receiver position. They have to. Uh, And looking at Mitchell, he had a great season last year for the Longhorns. 55 receptions, over 800 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's big, 6'4". He thrived on crossing routes, using his size and quickness to get separation. He's got good hands. I think this could be a game changer for that KC offense. Uh, Pro comp, a guy we just saw playing the NFC Championship game, Josh Reynolds of the Lions. 
And that's it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, mock draft 1.0. Uh, I intend to do a few more of these mocks, you know, as we get closer to the draft. Um, again, if you enjoy this podcast, you can find us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are also on YouTube at Vulture Sports. Uh, got a lot of cool content over there. We upload daily. Uh, you can also find this podcast on our YouTube channel as well. And that's it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for hanging out with me today. Until next time.